Hey guys, you are now tuned into the Two Dope Podcast. You can find video clips from this episode and all of our other episodes on Instagram and YouTube. In addition, you can visit our website, twodicksonapod.com, to easily locate all of our social media accounts. If you enjoy the show, like, comment, share, and subscribe to our channel, as well as follow us on social media. And don't forget, turn on those notifications so you never miss a beat whenever new content drops. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of Two Dope. I am not looking forward to going back to work. I am. <laughs> I'm just so kidding. the uh, coronacation, if you will, is starting to come to an end for me. I'll be returning back to work towards the end of this month. But during my time off, I've kind of enjoyed not having to be at work. Me too. It's really nice. I can't believe I'm actually saying that, but yeah. yeah. It's nice not having to do everything on my own. And like, I feel like I actually get a break. Right. Yeah. I just, uh, during this time away, I realized how much I, um, I don't like my job. <laughs> so, uh, and it's not that no shade to the company that I work for. I work for a great company. My job in and of itself is not a bad job. I've just, after having close to five weeks away <laughs> from it, I realized how much I hate doing it. Right. Like, it's just not where I saw myself at this stage of my life. Mm-hmm. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, I'm very appreciative of where I am right. and, and the opportunities that have been bestowed upon me. Mm-hmm. I just fucking hate my job. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like like you said, the company is great because, you know, almost five weeks off and you're getting paid the whole entire time. Right. Like, you are very fortunate on that. Yeah, like, I, I work for a great company. Like, don't get me wrong. The people are great. Yeah, I, lo- I love the people I work with. You know, I enjoy, for the most part, the people who work for me. Right. It's just, I just don't like doing what I'm doing and being away from it now for so long. I realize how much I don't like it. And the other thing, too, is I realize, too, that, like, and being away didn't make me realize this. I already realized it, but it just, you know, exponentially raised my awareness towards this, is that there's no work-life balance for me right now. No, there's not. You know, between, like, my my yo-yoing and fluctuating schedule, uh, I get paid salary, so I have to work overtime all the time but don't get compensated for it you know there are there's strings of days where I go to work I come home have to go to sleep get up go to work come home do a little bit go to sleep get up go to work yeah like you just work yeah like I feel like all I do is eat sleep and work I feel like it would be completely different if like you 
Although you're supposed to have like a set schedule, but like you said, your hours fluctuate, you know, from day to day on what time you have to come in and not. Right. That makes it really difficult. Yeah. Like I think if I worked the same schedule all the time, so if I worked, you know, from this time to that time every day, Mm -hmm. it would be different. But the fact that I work mornings and then I work evenings and then I work midday and then evenings again and then like just constantly yo-yoing through the day or through the week, up and down, up and down, up and down. Like one, admit you know, work, uh, home balance is non-existent. Yeah. But yeah, then, like thing. throughout the work week, it makes it impossible for me to do anything that I want to do. You know, so like for instance, this podcast, I've wanted to start a podcast for quite some time, but have had no time to do it. Thank you, China. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like this best is- thing that's come out of China in a long time. Yeah, this coronavirus, like. It's definitely a bad thing, you know, for some people. And I'm not knocking that and trying to, like, sugarcoat it. But, like, I feel like it's kind of been a blessing to us being able to actually, like, get this going and get it to take off halfway decent. And then the time together, too. Right. Because, like, if you think about it, since we've even gotten together, like, pre-baby, pre-marriage, mm-hmm. this has been the longest time amount of time that we've spent together. I've also realized through this that I don't know if I can be around you 24-7. (laughs) Like, I can do most of the time being around you, but, like, I don't think we can do that 24-7 thing. It's just not going to work. And I think that that's probably something that that every couple can say. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not even in a romantic relationship, like, every best friend, everybody, roommates, anything, I think anyone who spends any amount of time with another person can say that I cannot... No matter how much I like this person, spend every waking moment with that person. Right. Because like previously, like I thought like, oh man, like I could spend all day long with you and stuff like that, but I can't too much. Well, we just haven't never done it. So like when you've (laughs) never done it, you're like, oh yeah, I could do that. Like I never get any time with that person. And then now we got all the time in the world. It's like, ugh. Mm -hmm. you going back to work yet? (laughs) I know. I feel like most of our, um, well, your break that we've been in like separate rooms, just not even communicating. (laughs) (laughs) This is like the only time we communicate is come here Uh, to do the podcast. Yeah. I feel like uh, I've taken longer bathroom breaks than I've normally done Mm -hmm. because of this or more frequent bathroom breaks. Definitely more frequent. I need to like, you know, get into my own place and my own space. And it's not even you. It's like, and I love. It's not you, but. I love my daughter, you know, more than anything in the world. But even with her, I still need <laughs> some time away from her. Now you know how I feel, right? <laughs> like, I absolutely love being, like, with her. But, like, sometimes I need that just, like, 10 minutes. Like, let me take a shower by myself for a change just to, especially on the days where she's just, ah. Yeah. Yeah, that's three-year-olds, though. I'm looking forward to her coming home here later on. Yeah, that's actually been another blessing with this whole thing is that because my mom is not working either, Mm -hmm. that she has more availability to take Cecilia on longer runs. Right. And so, like, she had her yesterday for half the day, kept her overnight, still has her. We haven't, so we've had a break together from her, which is different too. I think the weirdest thing about, having the break from her and it's just you and I is watching a movie with zero interruption minus our bathroom break (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's uh that's been different 
Yeah. But what you gonna do? What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk inside that trunk? Why? I don't know. It's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> Everything reminds me of a song. I don't know why. Or a movie. I'm like the rain man. Like I'm off, but like I'm a smart off. I don't know if tying together what you're going to do to that song constitutes as being smart. <laughs> People think I'm like so <laughs> random, but like I can hear one word or like even like a song, like just one note or just, you know, a little verse of just the music. I can turn it into something completely different that's already out there. Yeah, so I don't know how that like constitutes as as smart. I don't know. I feel like like that is a weird thing that you do do though. I know. Let's talk about that real quick cuz you <laughs> like someone could say a lyric from a song and you will spin that lyric into a whole different song. I'm also <laughs> really good at picking like songs like say like modern day songs where you could tell that they like copy the music from like a previous song. Like, I'm so yeah. good at like picking that out too. The proper term is sampled. Sampled. No one uses copied. That's a sampled. <laughs> you know what they say though? They say that good artists write their own music and great artists steal their music. Okay. Yeah, it's called greatness recognizing greatness. I guess, but some of the people that like use the sampling not sampling. <laughs> they use the sampling that their music's horrible. Like they have good music, but they have like horrible vocals and lyrics. Well, I think it depends on on what sampling you're actually doing. Like what I mean is like not necessarily taking all the music like the music itself and using it, but like people who do who make a living off of making covers or who got big making covers. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Like, so like I'll use Led Zeppelin for an example. Led Zeppelin was probably the poster child for this statement of good artists make their music, great artists copy music. Right. Where like they, some of their biggest hits were not their own music. Right. You know, they just did very well written covers mm -hmm. of, of previously recorded songs. Right. I think the Rolling Stones are really good at that, too. Like, I love the Temptations and, like, everything that they, like, stood for, like, the Motown and all that. But when the Rolling Stones do their songs, like, they do it so great. Right. They, like, add their own twist. I love it. And that's what I mean. Because, like, you know, it's different nowadays because people don't do it like they used to do it. So now people will just sample a riff or they'll sample, like, a beat or something from a song and then they'll write their own music over it and it'll suck mm -hmm. because no one knows how to actually you know do that properly right like if you're gonna write shit ass mumble rap lyrics or something <laughs> to that effect over a good previous song then just write your own shit ass beat and have your own shit ass lyrics that's, over it. that's what i'm saying but like a lot of the people like at least i can decipher like pick out where they're stealing 99 percent of the instrumental part of the song and then just add their horrible lyrics right yeah that's not that's not doing that's like thinking oh you know great musicians steal from other great musicians like yeah but you're not doing it the right way though <laughs> like that's just that's literally just sampling and stealing yeah. that's not like at that point you might as well just do a cover right even though it won't be good but yeah 
Because like what other what some and I'll use Led Zeppelin again, uh, Stairway to Heaven. What they did was they uh, they sampled or took the riff from another song mm-hmm. and then spun it slightly into their song. Right, that's and used the riff, but like they used it properly. Like they didn't right. just take the exact sample of that riff and then and then wrote over it. They took it and then they replayed it. Oh yeah, that's like what a lot of people back in like the fifties, sixties, and seventies used to do was like the sampling. Yeah, like you and, said th- and that's the where right. that's where the saying comes from. I think the reason why like people in this generation don't really know how to do that properly is because we have all this technology and they can just like put stuff together and they literally have no talent. Yeah, because it's it's super easy now to rip a beat off. Right. And then like, well, like we were watching uh, um, Dave, mm-hmm. the new show on Hulu with right. uh, Little Dicky, mm-hmm. and on that the latest episode. Uh, What's his name? I can't even think of it right now. But he was complaining that his beats are getting ripped off online and people are stealing his beats and writing songs over his beats. And he's like, what the fuck? That was my beat. That probably happens a lot more than we think. Like these people who really have like the talent to be something mm-hmm. just don't really have the, I don't, I don't know if I want to say means, but just things to get them going to right. be like discovered or whatever. But then all these so-called great artists like find the stuff and like rip them off and then boom those artists are great yeah well i mean it doesn't even have to be like that like i you know like in the music industry i think a lot of it is who you know Mm -hmm. and like because there's there's a lot of people in the music industry i think that's more movies i don't think the music industry really works like that okay um because yeah because you can get shitty actors or actresses in big roles that i think you could make that argument for but I think in the music industry, I mean, you still have to have some kind of talent to make it through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the music industry, um, a lot of it is, you know, who you know. Because there are artists out there who aren't, like, that great. Mm-hmm. But they either had parents who were in the music industry or they had friends who were in the music industry or they just grew up in the right neighborhood and they were around, you know, the right studios and they could get their music heard easier. Mm-hmm. And then there's other artists who are like like phenomenal musicians and then like they have to get on a show like you know American Idol or some shit or America's Got Talent or something to get discovered because they have no other means of getting discovered right yeah that's the crazy thing about the world is like you think like the whole clicking thing is like or the click is um like high school and stuff like that but like that's literally how the whole world works oh yeah absolutely I mean uh, that's prevalent in any job like every every job I've ever had after high school you could tell that there was always clicks mm-hmm. like especially if, if you worked in a place that had more than 10 people oh yeah oh, you could always tell especially in the break rooms there's always clicks do you ever like talk to the people like in the clicks and you're like why do people like you so much no I usually don't I'm an introvert why would I insert myself into someone else's click <laughs> that's true Pretty much because I'm an introvert, I think that about just about everybody. I look at somebody, and a lot of people are talking to them, and I'm like, why do people like you? No, you're just talking. I don't like you. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's just how that is for me, I guess. But I don't know. Like, even in high school, like, seeing some of these people and, like, getting to, like, know them afterwards, and, like, they're, like, all popular and everything, it's like, I don't understand why, like. It literally had to have been because of, like, their parents or, like, knowing somebody or 
It has to do with the click, I think, is everything. Because if you get yourself into that niche, it doesn't matter what kind of person you are. You're just already into that click. So, like, jocks hang out with jocks. They could be shitty-ass people, but they all hang out together. And they always are. Or, like, you get people who, like, have money. And so their parents, they all live in the same gated community. And they might all be, you know, shitty-ass individuals. But because they have money and they look like they should be popular, they just automatically assume that role. And you could be, like, you know a crappy person or not even have a good personality, but because you came from money, you automatically fit into that click. I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know about clicks? No, like what it's like <laughs> to be like in one. I don't know. I feel like for me that like I'm so typically outgoing where I can like talk to anybody and relate to anybody in certain areas and mm-hmm. make friends, but just – I think it kind of boils back to, I, I don't, I'm not really an introvert, but just I don't like people enough where I want to be around that many people or constantly hang out with the same people, mm-hmm. which is probably why, like, I'm ready for you to go back to work. One person. You said people. <laughs> or persons. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not ready for you to go back to work. I'll joke around about it. But as soon as you go back to work, when that Monday morning comes and we wake up and you're not there. I'm probably going to cry. I doubt it. I think you're ready for me to go back to work. No. Say it enough. I just joke around. <laughs> Some days I'm ready for it. Some moments because you can be, well, yeah. as the name of the podcast, a dick. Uh-huh. At those moments, I'm ready for you to go back to work. And then the moments where you're just quiet sitting on the couch by yourself, not bothering anybody. It's like, eh, we can keep them home a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> or like when you do the dishes. Stay home all you want. Mm. You know how you were like reflecting on like the beginning part of the podcast, how you're like, oh, my coronation's boiling down to an end. You still have roughly two weeks, maybe a little less, about a week and a half, but that's still longer th- or about as long as your um, regular vacations are. Yeah, that's true. The worst thing about knowing you have like a week and a half left of this coronation is we can't do anything. I think that's been like the worst part of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like not having to be at work and still getting, you know, income during mm-hmm. it. But like the fact that we haven't been able to do anything, because we like, I kind of alluded, we've had no work-life balance, so we don't really get to do anything. Right. And now I've had all this time, <laughs> all this time. And we still can't do anything. <laughs> we can't do anything. <laughs> it's so weird, because, like, when you're in your regular work schedule, like, we go to Disney, like, tw- uh, twice a month. Yeah, probably twice a month, I'd probably. On average. That's probably pretty accurate. I think that's the weirdest thing, is not being able to go to Disney, like, some people, it's like, oh, you get to go to Disney, but like, it's like kind of like part of our like regular lifestyle. So going this long and having time, because people remember from talking earlier that we were supposed to go with your mom mm-hmm. at the end of the month and stay a few days there in a hotel. Yeah, because oh, what was that like six episodes ago or something? Right before like the country shut down, we were hoping that this wasn't going to affect <laughs> April. Mid-April, we're in the week that we would have been going. That would have been this weekend. Yeah. So that's obviously not happening. I want to cry. <laughs> yeah. You know what other thing kind of bothers me while I have all this time off is we haven't gotten any, like, good storms. Yeah. Nothing that is fun to watch while you're at home like that. Like, 
it's literally been boring. Like the definition of quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty boring. I'm probably a sick individual for wishing that we would have got some badass storms that would have ripped through here and caused, you know, other kinds of mayhem worth panicking over. Well, I'm just as sick as you then. (laughs) (laughs) I am longing for the first hurricane. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. You'll get more time off, which is a plus, like if something's supposed to make landfall here. Yeah, but I also just like... Regular storms. The storms. Like even, I mean, that's the part of the hurricanes I like. You know, being off of work is just a perk of the hurricane for me. (laughs) Like, that's not the part of the hurricane that I like. That's the icing on the cake. Yeah. I (laughs) like the thrill of actually going through a hurricane. Mm -hmm. Whether I'm at work or I'm going through it at home, like, that's the part that I like. Being being off of work is, you know, just a perk of having one of those come through. Yeah, as weird weird as it is, it's... Like, something to look forward to in life. You know how, like, life gets boring if you have nothing to look forward to, and it's just, like, the same old everyday thing, you know? Right. And then it's like, oh, a hurricane's in the Atlantic. It's like, huh, maybe in a couple weeks might make landfall here. Right. Yeah, it gives you something to look forward to. It's exciting. It's like when, you know, when I was a kid and I knew we were going to a theme park. I was looking forward to that. So when a hurricane's coming, I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Same. (laughs) I really hope we get a few, like, major hurricanes here. Not enough, like, I don't wish it to do, like, a. I mean, like, if it does damage to the house, sure, whatever, we got insurance. But now, like, life's being involved. Like, I don't want anybody to, like, have die from it. Mm -hmm. But. Well, I don't think anyone really wishes that upon anybody, but, you know. I mean, if you're sick enough. Only the strong survive. So that's just natural selection. I like how you say that, and we live in a wood house. Yeah, but have we died yet? Not yet. Exactly. Only the strong survive. <laughs> I mean, we haven't even caught corona, so <laughs> watch. We'll end up catching corona at the tail end and die and not even get to experience hurricanes this year. I'm not dying from corona. You're crazy. Yeah. My immune system is not that bad. I'm not immunocompromised. So now you're just basically admitting that you're a man child when you're sick because you act like you're dying. No, that's what, no. So because my immune system is so good, it takes a badass virus or bacterial infection to catch me because otherwise I just bypass everything. Like people have been sick at work since November Mm -hmm. and I'm fairly certain that we had Corona getting passed around work since November because we've had like a bunch of people who had flu-like symptoms and Mm -hmm. were out of work for a week. But when they go get tested, they test negative for flu. Right. And that shit was getting passed around work since November. So pretty much and everybody's I, gotten it there and just didn't even know it. Yeah, exactly. Because no one knew why they were sick. And they were just saying, oh, I think it's the flu. I tested negative for it, but I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. I think it's... Th- everyone just called it the funk until this coronavirus thing came around. And now it's a pandemic. It's funny how you mentioned about like, or like some, would you say a virus or something like that? Just reminds me of when you had that tonsillitis. Yes, bacterial. Or bacterial, that's what you said, bacterial. Mm-hmm. Man. Dude, that shit was the worst. <laughs> it's kind of funny looking back on it, but it was really sad. Like, you sweat a lot, mm-hmm. which is how you would sit there, and, like, one minute you'd be freezing cold, and the next minute you would literally be drenched from head to toe. Yeah, I think the funniest thing about that whole thing was me, like, thinking, <laughs> like, am I overreacting right now? Like, I don't understand. Like, I shouldn't feel this awful. I hadn't felt that sick, like, ever. Right. 
to the point where I actually went to see somebody because yeah, you, I never do that either. You know you're sick when you go to see somebody. Yeah. The craziest thing is the timing on that, how you were at the end of your, like, year for your insurance. So, like, that didn't count toward anything. Yeah, right. Like yeah, your, didn't uh, help at all. Or whatever. Yeah, hadn't used my deductible at all that whole year. So, like, didn't help anything. Isn't it weird how stuff like didn't that Didn't go towards anything because, you know, now I've got a new year, new calendar year, so the dedu- <laughs> deductible reset. And you're perfectly healthy. <laughs> yeah. That's just... The crazy thing, how life works, that stuff like that, you know, like, just the last minute's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Like, it just reminds me of hurricanes. Like, the last so many years, every single time a major hurricane was supposed to make landfall here, we would have car troubles. Mm-hmm. Last year, when a hurricane was supposed to make land, was it last year where Dorian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was supposed to make landfall here. Our well was going out. Right. Yeah, like... Why does that have to happen, like, at this moment? It's called Murphy's Law. Well, Murphy's Law is You know strong. what that is? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Define it for me. Uh, anything, that, anything bad that can happen will happen. At the worst time possible. <laughs> that's part of it, yeah. Yeah. So. That's, that's pretty standard. Yeah, what I think about, though, is, like, how, like, going back to the car issues is like when cars get close or they just get past the warranty mileage is when all the shit goes wrong. Yeah. You know, that shit is done on purpose though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure manufacturing issues. Yeah. Well, it's called, uh, I don't know if it's called this exactly, but we used to refer to it as the Ford model (laughs) when I was going to school for uh, mechanical design Mm -hmm. and that you're supposed to design parts to fail after so many hours of usage or after so many revolutions, um, if it's a spinning um, object, uh, because there's no money in perfect parts. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. These companies aren't going to make money if the parts never fail. Yeah, cause like, th- and that's why back in the day, uh, you get older vehicles and stuff that just fucking ran forever or older machinery that just seems to never quit because back then... They were designing things to last. Like, that was the point. You know, you mm-hmm. wanted your machinery or your automobiles and stuff of that nature to, to run for as long as possible. And now it's like, well, there's so much money being thrown around in the industrial business. It's like, why would you want to make something that would run forever that would cripple your, your business? Right. Yeah. It's like spending $30,000 on a car and, like, within two years, I had to put five grand into it. Yeah. Why? That's what they want. It's it's part of That's not uh, what I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the economy though, like I know. You no know, manufacturers or designers design parts for manufacturers so they can put these parts together, but we, they know they're going to fail because then it gives uh job opportunities to mechanics so that they can replace parts and then it gives those opportunities to the manufacturers to continue to produce OEM parts for those cars. And so it's just the worst part of it, though, is that they, they, they make these parts last purposefully past the warranty. Oh, yeah. So the course. warranty is to cover parts that were designed to go for 105,000 miles, and if they fail before 100,000 miles, that's on warranty. But if it gets past that, it's like, well, they're designed to fail at 105. We just want to make sure that they were going to, you know, fail. Part. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're, they're supposed to fail then. We're going to cover when they fail before they're supposed to fail. I don't think I could subconsciously create something 
and intentionally know that like it's supposed to fail within so many like turns miles whatever mm-hmm. and just know that it's gonna like rate people for money yeah yeah that was like when I was in the design room and learning how to do all that stuff and whatnot and uh, how to use like tolerances to factor in uh, failure time mm-hmm. and like morally it's like it feels kind of shitty <laughs> to be like I know that I'm trying to design something that's eventually going to fail on purpose and like jokes on you you're going to be the one having to like buy that and like replace that part too it's like man I'm creating this to see myself fail too <laughs> <laughs> right yeah because that's I mean but really uh not necessarily all the way true because if you're someone who does design that and you know what's going to fail then, then that's when you trade your car in. Or you replace that piece of machinery with the next new model. Because you know that that one is going to fail because you designed it. So that's when you, this goes back to morals and having <laughs> shitty morals, you go ahead and sell that piece off or sell that item off. Because you know it's going to fail. This person, Joe Schmo, might not know that. You know, because he didn't design the part. Mm-hmm. So then you go ahead and say, hey, yeah, everything's working perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to fail, but for another it's working two fine right now. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, that sucks for them, but works for you, I guess. I think the craziest thing is, like, when we bought our Mazda and we had to buy that extra insurance. Well, we didn't have to, but, like, if the motor or transmission went out. And, like, what did we pay, like, $3,000 extra? I don't know if it was that or, much. I can't remember. It was... I think at least a 1500 something like that. Like, it was a good penny extra just to have, like, 20,000-mile guarantee. Yeah, I don't. I, there's no way we paid that much for that. I'm for pretty 20, sure. For 20,000 miles, there's no way it would cost you three grand. We paid a lot of money. We also went to, like, a weird car dealer. Yeah, one of those, like, off we'll, the side of the road. We'll finance anybody. Yeah, buy here, pay here. Kind of place. Well, my credit was awful at that time, so we, you really don't have a choice. Right. I mean, we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into because that was like a stepping stone. Right. I don't think it was that much money, though, because the car itself was almost $6,000, and we only financed for $7,000. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm positive. I was the one who paid for it. Yeah. I thought I'd pay for that. You kind of acted like you're... Like, you were the one who paid for it. Like, I know how much we paid for it. I know what we financed for it. I also paid it off, so, like. Okay, well, I'm wrong again. There's no way you would pay that much money on a warranty for a car that old. Well, I've, we still paid more than we should have. Like, I feel like we didn't even need to purchase that or should have. If we, we would, we should have read the, like, fire. Well, if print. it was all the way up to me, I wouldn't have bought the warranty. I know that warranties are shit. Why did we do it then? Because like, <clears throat> you thought it was a good idea. And the guy kind of swindled us into believing it was a good idea, but I know it wasn't. No. Need to speak up. It's just one of those things, too, like where they tell you if you buy this warranty, you know, we can approve you for a better rate on your loan and stuff like that. That's what all buy here, pay here car dealerships do. You know, they want money. They got friends that want money. So, you know, they partner up with these, you know, bullshit warranty companies and say, hey, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Here's an extra thousand dollars off of this sucker. Well, <laughs> goes back to <laughs> horrible morals. Yeah, and then you know those warranties don't cover anything. Yeah. Like they always have loopholes to say, well, you know, because of your negligence here, even though it's unrelated, at this point it leads to this through this freaking vine of different shit that happens. 
That's the worst thing about law. Like after having to study it is that a lot of law is how you interpret it too. Right. And there's so many loopholes. Like I am so glad I'm not going to school to be an attorney or a judge or any of that stuff. Yeah. Because everything is all in the literature. Mm-hmm. So like you can write something to say something, but it can be interpreted completely different and spun to be in your favor or against the person who's trying to use it in their favor. Right. It all depends on, and that's why they say like lawyers are just liars. Mm-hmm. All, all you're doing is just trying to argue and persuade either a jury um, or whoever persuade the judge that your client is right <laughs> is correct or is not guilty or that you're uh, um, trying to prove that someone else is guilty because of these reasons and you're using loopholes and literature and wording infliction on your voice to spin what one article might say into feeling different right that's like okay so the kid that did that school shooting down in south florida and parkland a couple years ago like can you imagine being his attorney and having to try to stick up for this guy and try to say oh he wasn't in the wrong like dude he just killed 17 kids and like really hurt 17 others like yeah, being a defense attorney isn't the easiest thing in the world. I know. It's but, like, like it, when you get those people off, though, like, you make so much money for being able to get people off. Like, those people get paid to get people, you know, out well. of their thing. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you would have been a good lawyer because you can just take a single phrase and spin it into something uh, stupid. I don't know. After doing <laughs> this law stuff. That's my favorite thing about school, though, even though, except for studying the business law aspect, I get to do it right in my pajamas. I live in my pajamas. That's because you do home, or like, I was going to say homeschooling. (laughs) 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 I mean, it kind of of is homeschooling, really, right? Yeah, I guess to a certain degree. I'm my own teacher. I'm the student. Like, I have, of course, like, instructors that, like, tell you, like, the curriculum or give you, like, the outline of it. Mm-hmm. But I got to teach myself all that stuff. It reminds me of, um, I don't know the guy's name from the office that did the interview with uh, uh, Steve Corral. And he was like, I bet you your bottoms don't match that top because he was wearing, like, a nice, like, blazer thing or not a blazer what are those things like a suit that's got to be the best thing ever about working from home like doing like the face recordings like I mean even right now like I'm doing this podcast and I'm in my pajama pants right I love it yeah it was funny at the end of that interview because uh when he he signed off and got up it was like suit top and then he was definitely wearing jammers (laughs) I did not see the end. I need to go oh, back really? and watch that. Yeah. Yeah, like he signs off after that whole thing, and then he stands up in front of the camera, and he's definitely just wearing jammers or like you know, that would be PJ me. pants or something, PJ shorts. That's like, man, I long for the or I don't long for the day where I have to go back to work, and I gotta wear pants. When I was gonna do that interview yesterday. The hardest thing was trying to find something that was um, interview appropriate. Mm-hmm. I found one pair of jeans that I've been trying to get rid of for the last like four or five years. So I put them on 
which felt disgusting. And I had to try to find like a fancier top, which I didn't have. And I wore like some wedge heels. I'm just glad I didn't do that. Yeah, my dad always told me growing up to dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So that's why I always had that kind of stuff around. Yeah, that makes sense. No, you always want to keep at least one like solid interview outfit around because you never know when you're going to need it. I'm going to have to do that because like, especially when I go to go back to work for my career field, like in accounting, I'm going to have to buy a wardrobe just for interviews before I even get a position. Yeah. I mean, if that's for sure the route you want to go in, then you should probably start like pre-planning that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and like getting work attire. Because if if you're in an office, you're going to have to wear business attire clothing. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking forward to it. I like pajamas. That really made me realize like how little I dress like a mom. Even though you claim that I dress like a typical mom, I don't. I never said that you dress like a typical mom. I just said that you buy mom clothes. But I don't see how. Like, I don't look like a mom. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I wear high-waisted shorts. But I see, like, teenagers wearing that stuff, too. Yeah, but I think it all goes down to branding and fit. So, like, yeah, you wear high-waisted shorts. But you buy the high-waisted shorts where the legs are almost, you know, halfway down your thigh. And, like, the younger girls are not wearing that kind of high-waisted shorts. That's the difference. I guess. It's just... I don't know. I couldn't picture like having my butt hanging out, like hold hands with an almost four year old girl. That's my daughter. Well, I'm not saying you have to have your butt hanging out, but like also too, like you're definitely a small, but you will buy size large. I don't clothing. anymore. I've been very careful on that. Like I'm a medium. I'm not tiny. Yeah, but you could definitely wear a small. Like you are a small, but you like to wear a medium, and then you'll go and buy larges. I don't do what that I mean. anymore. Yeah, I'm not saying that you do that now. I'm saying that's when I would say you dress like a mom. That makes is sense. Is because you buy, and I, I'm not saying like a mom, like a typical mom now. Like you dress like you were a mom in the 90s. <laughs> like your high-waisted shorts were definitely 90s. Like not like today's high-waisted. Yeah, like go to the thrift store and cut the pants off into shorts. Yeah, that was definitely a mom's shorts or pants from the 90s that you turned into shorts and like the styling and everything screams 90s. That was the first time I realized that I loved high-waisted shorts. Getting them at the thrift store, which I'm completely like, I'm not knocking anybody that has to shop at thrift stores, but like personally, like I'd rather not wear used clothes if I can help from it. Mm -hmm. But like I couldn't find anything like that until I found them. I think it depends on the used clothes. Like I don't mind wearing it. Like because sometimes when you go to like thrift stores, you find like gems and stuff that is like legit that would Uh, be nice yeah and sometimes you find stuff that is older but it's like like you know trendy older and it's not like yeah like real vintage or like you know something that would be trendy now that's coming back you know kind of thing as opposed to just finding old dirty gross clothes that you know, someone wore the hell out of it and didn't want anymore. <laughs> Sharded and all. <laughs> That's what I should have said to you with the shorts. Or, well, since they used to be pants or whatever. But instead of saying that they're old and they're like the mom style, I should have been like, dude, they're vintage. It didn't change the fact that they, you know, still look like you were dressing like a mom from the 90s. 
You remember me being like nine months pregnant, still convinced that I'm going to wear them shorts. Yeah, you were using like hair ties <laughs> to I, hold the front button and everything together. Yeah, to and the... then I ended up having to use that <laughs> belt and hold them up. And then I was like, okay, after I have this baby, I am going to throw these shorts away. I'm not going to wear them anymore. No, I ended up finding them under my bed and putting them back on and wearing them until they pretty much rotted off of me. Mm-hmm. You know, people do that, though. They do have, like, their favorite articles of clothing. Those were mine. Yeah. And these bad boys, they're my favorite. I don't know where the black ones are, like, as bad as it sounds, because they were a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But, like, I wear these all the time. Well, I think if you just dug through your heaping pile of clothes that you keep in the in this hamper in the closet, you probably find them. Like, because what happens is you just pile stuff. And as it comes out of the laundry, it just gets piled onto the same pile. Yeah. I should probably go through that again. Like, I've gone through it and gotten rid of the stuff. And, like, I held on to stuff like, I might wear that in the future. I don't know. I know you do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm notorious for that. I have a freaking garbage bag full of clothes in the spare room of, of articles of clothing that I still think I might wear again. You and are they're just the- sitting in there. You are the true de- definition of a clothes hoarder. Well, I don't know about that. I'm not hoarding. I have one bag. I don't have an entire spare room full. You have a spare closet full. Yeah, that's not. That's still not hoarding. <laughs> like, that's far from the definition of hoarding. It's I know my you've seen that show, Hoarders. <laughs> that's hoarding. That's. What I'm you- not even getting close to hoarding. I'm saving. That's what the closet looks like. Don't fool anybody. No, it doesn't look, doesn't look anything like that. All of my stuff is organized. All of it's hung up. That closet barely has clothes in it. It just looks like it has clothes because it doesn't have a clothes rod, so everything is space on that stupid, yeah. you know, top shelf. Yeah. So nothing can be pressed together, so it's all, like, spaced apart. So it looks like it's taking up a bunch of space, but it's not. I wish I had the gumption, like, you to, like, sort my clothes by, like, color and, like, what, like, short sleeve, long sleeve. I just fold it up, throw it in that basket. Yeah, I got like like jackets and then long sleeves and nice sweaters and then button-up shirts and then T-shirts and then tank tops. And then I've got some shirts, some shirts, a couple dresses, some shirts, a vest. (laughs) And then then a pile of stuff. In your defense, at least it's folded because when I first met you... (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Nothing was folded. It was just, like, thrown (sighs) into the closet. I think that's the difference, too, of, like, I did not have time back then because I was always gone versus now. Like, I have a little bit of time. That's why, like, I put a little bit of commitment in folding them clothes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I still don't have a lot of time. That's why it's not organized like yours. Right. Like, I feel like if I plan on doing stuff like that, that it'll only last for a couple minutes because then I'll be like, oh, it's too much work. I'm going to just throw this on the hanger and throw it in the closet wherever I have room. Well, yeah, but, I, you know, if you hung your clothes, it would stay more organized than just a pile folded in, in a, a hamper. I don't really have room, though, on my side. You have the same amount of room on your side as I have on my side. It's split evenly down the middle. <laughs> the difference is I'm using my entire side and you're not. I think I need to get something instead of those, like, plastic drawers. I need to find some type of, like, shelf to go sideways like yours. To well, organize. what you should have had was, a, like, 
Yeah, like something like that or like a, a short dresser that has like a, at least a couple of large compartments. A lot of my issue is just how expensive that stuff is. Well, I mean, we could have saved Cecilia's, but instead just sold it. But that's still too tall because like I would need room for my dresses, so I would kind of almost be back to the same situation as now. Right. Like, I have to, like, bundle up my dresses and, like, try laying it down neatly so it doesn't get wrinkled up. Yeah, but, I mean, we could have left the setup in the room the same because what ended up happening was he sold it for something else and we actually lost storage space. I like it better. Yeah, what you, I like you it. like the way it looks aesthetically, but it didn't, it didn't play into you having storage space. I do like the cup, like, the box cube cubby things. Those are nice. Like, I feel like I make things look, like, halfway decent. You know what would help in our closet situation is getting rid of the stupid sliding doors. Yes. Like, if we had, like, you know, like, the folding doors, mm -hmm. it would open up the closet and make it more usable. But because we have these sliding doors, like, even if we had, like, a dresser or a shelving unit in there, like, we're really um, kind of limited by how well we can use that because we have these sliding doors. So, like, if you have something in the middle that had drawers that came out or something, mm -hmm. the sliding door doesn't let you utilize that because it's in the way all the time. Maybe that's what we should do with our Trump bucks is, like, convert our, like, glass doors into, like, the, like, open up. Yeah, like where it opens from the center and they fold open, so then the whole closet is open now, whereas you can only slide the door <laughs> back and forth. Yeah, half. And it's always just half the closet is open. It's, like... My only gripe with something like that is, like, we don't really have room to put mirrors unless, like, somehow we got them, like, little tiny mirrors to put on the back of the closet doors. Mm -hmm. Could you really imagine in the morning getting ready and not really knowing what you look like? Well, there's other, there's mirrors in the bathroom. Yeah, but that's, like, big enough to see your face. That's all I need to see. I don't have any requirements past that. You are a liar. You sit there in the in the morning, like... Fixing, like, this little, like, part of the collar, and you yeah, always, like, yeah, stand, like... that's right here. All of pants, that I can see in the mirror. And then how your shirt's tucked in. All of that I can see in the mirror. See, that's different for you because you're so short, you can't see that. I can see that in the mirror in the bathroom. Well, we need a compromise. We need to figure <laughs> out something that will help benefit me like it benefits you. I don't want to have to go give to you a stool. room. <laughs> <laughs> Not that stool. <laughs> I mean, I could use Cecilia's little... Step stool, just hide it from her every time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, but you know, they also make those kind of folding doors where they have mirrors on them. Really? Yeah, it doesn't have to just be a sliding door. It doesn't have to be one of those cheap, shitty, you know, white doors that open up too. You can get fancier ones I that have mirrors on them. I am of your criticism on the stuff I pick out. You just <laughs> always pick the cheapest thing. Like, if it's functional, but as long as it meets this budget here, you know, even if we have a budget set up here, you aim for the minimum. If you have a budget up here and you spend down here on the stuff that you want, you know, for the house or whatever, I got this much stuff, like this much money that I can use for other things for me. Yeah, but you continue to use this space of money to buy things here. And so these things here get replaced constantly until it's up to here, and now we've at our max budget. What we've done is just replace all the shitty stuff over and over and over again. We instead of just doing it replace, right the first time. We have not had to replace some closet doors yet. 
They yeah. came with the house. No, they didn't. We put those in. Those mirror ones in no, our room. No, not the mirrors. No. I thought you were talking about them fold-out closet doors in the hallway. No, I'm not talking about... I'm talking about those would be the ones that don't have mirrors on them. I'm saying you just go to the next step up and get ones with mirrors, but you would never do that because you purchased down here. I haven't seen any of them in the store, so that's kind of like the issue there. Yeah, because all you do is buy off-the-shelf or off-the-rack product. There's such things as ordering custom products for what you want. I want it now. Yeah, see, that's your problem is you have no patience. Even though you'll wait forever and ever and ever until you find something at the deal you want instead of just, you know, you have patience for that. I lose so much sleep over stuff like that. Like, I will buy something and, like, I, I want to buy something and I will spend, like, hours on the internet at nighttime, like, when I should be sleeping, try to find where I can find the lowest price and free shipping. <laughs> It could be the same. It could be the same price at a lower cost with shipping as the item that had the free shipping, and you still get the free shipping one, even though yeah. it, it looks more expensive up front. I just I don't want to pay for shipping. I don't know why. Is that like a weird thing that many people do, or is it just me? I think a lot of people do that. I think that's why it's a meme. Well, I love Amazon Prime. That's all I can say. Don't have to pay for shipping. Like, I don't care if yeah. you have to pay that, like, monthly. I mean, if you if you use it enough, like, it pays for itself. Uh, we easily use it where it pays for itself. Oh, yeah, I buy stuff off of there all the time. A lot of times, if I'm looking for something specific, I'll look on Amazon first just to see oh, if it's yeah. there before I go to the... Like, I've even done that for, like, stuff for, like, my drum set and whatnot. Like, if I can find it on Amazon, on Amazon Prime... I'll probably buy it there before I go to, like, Sweetwater or something. Right, to get it, like, within two days. Yeah. That's the worst thing. I think I have slowed down on looking on Amazon right now just because of a lot of the shipping saying that it won't be until May when it gets here. Right, yeah, because then you could just go to the normal websites where you would otherwise buy that stuff, and you'll get it a lot faster because they're not restricting their shipping. What Amazon is doing is they've restricted their shipping to essential items mm -hmm. and therefore if, if they don't have it readily available in their warehouse currently at least in the warehouse that's near your hub like you're not going to get it for months especially if it's not in the warehouse and they have to order the product from the manufacturer to get to the warehouse before they can get to you it's going to be some of that stuff is like i've seen stuff going where you don't receive it as late as like mid to late june for real? Well, yeah. I think we have seen that for exercise equipment. I've seen it for a lot of stuff. Really? Even stuff as simple as that thing right there, that power strip. I've seen stuff that wasn't available until June. That's crazy. Can you really imagine waiting that long to get something? Dude, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would I would utilize my other resources and see if I could find it somewhere else. eBay. <laughs> no, I was kidding. Do people really shop on eBay so much anymore? I would think so. It's still... It's not Amazon, but it's still a powerhouse in online retail shopping. I just like, it's just that people use it now more for buy it now instead of bidding like it used to be. Mm -hmm. Maybe but, they're trying to like compete with Amazon on that. Well, I think they've always been like that's not. It's an online retailer. Every online retailer is competing with Amazon. Yeah, I love Amazon. It's just that you know they have the resources to do it better than everybody else. True story. Like, I think it's so cool seeing, like, an Amazon vehicle drive up and drop stuff off. Like, that didn't happen that long ago. That's, like, a recent change. 
Yeah, I mean, at least in our area, I think they were doing that in like metro in, areas. Yeah, bigger metro areas where they had Amazon hubs, but like we just recently got one, so like, right. And that's how sometimes we're able to get Amazon Prime stuff like next day instead of today. Yeah. I think it's so funny, like how the UPS will drop something off from Amazon. Like if we have a few packages like waiting to come in and then the USPS will drop one off and then like an hour later you see Amazon Prime coming off with the last one. Mm-hmm. Like how do they, is it the Amazon vehicles bring only the like hub like that's in your Yeah, area? Yeah, they only bring the stuff that was delivered to the hub. And then the others are from out of the state probably, right? Yeah, it all, it all depends on who you're ordering from because the way the Amazon works is like some stuff comes directly from Amazon or it's stuff that's readily available in an Amazon warehouse or from an Amazon hub. And then, yeah, the others come from sellers. And then the sellers either, they either come directly from the seller because that's how they have their business set up Mm -hmm. or the seller uh, has um, items in warehouse space with Amazon and then Amazon can get. So like sellers who sell stuff through Amazon on Amazon Prime, like a lot of that stuff is in Amazon's warehouse Mm -hmm. and so they have a deal or a contract where they have X amount of overhead located at the Amazon warehouse or at the Amazon hub and you order from that seller and then that seller's got to put that order in with Amazon. That's cool. To get to you kind of thing. I like that. Amazon. And then some stuff isn't in the warehouse so that's why they have extended time. Two months. (laughs) Well stuff that has two months you don't see that normally. No, I know. I know. That's like a, I mean, we're in a pandemic. Like, of course, everything's kind of an extreme case right now. Yeah. Anytime you buy anything and it takes two months to get to you means it came from China. China, yeah. Like directly from China. I ain't buying nothing from China right now. Yeah, it already took long when it, there wasn't a pandemic. Imagine how long it would take to buy something from China now. No way, no how. I mean, next year by the time you actually received it, if you even received it. Right. I, I forfeited on those bathing suits just because I found out that the company was in China. I'm not yeah, doing that. I think it's too much of a gamble right now. Like, not, like, even considering, like, getting sick or getting corona or anything stupid like that. Like, I, I, that's obviously not likely because right. of how long it takes to get here anyway. But, like, the fact that it already takes that long and then you're going to take the gamble on buying something directly from there. And then it takes even longer because of this. And what if it doesn't fit or something goes wrong with it? You got to ship it back to China and then you got to wait for it to come back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're looking at six months with that. Yeah. One time we sent something from my business over to the UK Mm -hmm. and it took two months to get there because of customs and everything. And then they didn't like it or something or it didn't fit or whatever. And they sent it back. It was a four month transaction. For real? Yeah. Like, when do you guys start shipping to the UK? Was that just a special thing that you guys did for that? I mean, we can. We've always been able to. We just choose not to because we know that because of the, the customs, it takes a long time. And then they usually have to pay, a you know, a fee once it gets there because there's customs fees that they have to pay oh. when the item arrives at their door. Mm-hmm. And, and the pro- oh, that's what happened is they declined the item because of the fees. It was like 13 extra euro for them to be able to accept the item because of the customs fees. And then so they declined them. So they came back to us and then we had to refund them because of it. And it was it was literally like a four month. That's ridiculous. Like over 13 euro. Yeah. That's why we don't do it, because that that happens to us. Like people decline because of the customs fees. They think that we we carry or cover that on our end, but we don't. Right. I had no idea about any of that. 
Yeah. That's interesting. You learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. You're not growing if you don't. True. So, Bethany, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Bethany Aikens Honick. And you can find me at Char the Rich Man on Instagram. Also, don't forget to visit our Podchaser page uh, where you can leave reviews and ratings. All right, guys. That's all the time we have for today. We will catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.